now on Drama on News Talk in a Makala Cho production written and directed by Neil Murphy, a radio play based on the true events surrounding the Shanahan's stamp auction scandal in the 1950s, which was orchestrated by Dr. Paul Singer. In The Fabulous Dr. Singer. Here, Jen, Jen. What's the story? Singers after getting 14 years. 14 years? Thousands of investors defrauded of millions by the so-called Stamp King, Dr. Paul Singer. Stop at the High Court in Dublin. Paul Singer, who has already served 18 months on remand. Guilty on 19 charges of fraud, conspiracy and fraudulent conversion. Stop. So there you are. And that was three years ago, November 1960. Paul Singer. The Stamp King. And there's you in the court watching the whole thing. Jesus, I'd say he was some character, was he, Shames? <laughs> some character, all right. And come here, all that money from stamps. Stamps, like you put on a letter. I'd say you lads in the mail had some crack writing about that. Daily Express, Bill. Ah, yeah, no offence. I, I got fed up reading about it, to tell you the truth. Syndicates this and investors, what have you. She'd want a college degree to understand half of it. Well, have you time? Party, will you wet Mr Brady's whistle here? And one for myself. Mr Simon Now, do you remember 1954? 1954. Times were tight. Oh yeah, no easy money. Unless maybe your numbers came up in the sweeps. Chance would be a fine thing. So, here's this auction house, Shanahan's, out in Dunleary. A very respectable family firm. Old Jerome and his son Desmond, Bish, they called him. Doing a decent trade in houses, antique furniture, that kind of thing. Sold. £2.18 shillings. Number 72. Thank you, sir. All right, now. What am I bid for this excellent late 19th century armoire? Will we say £50? 50? Thank you, sir. £50. And any advance on 50? Any advance on 50? Anyone? 51. Anyhow, one morning in comes this heavy-set fella. Stands at the back, beard, pinstripe suit. He this nervous tick, the left eye would always be winking like this. Big deep voice out of him. One hundred pounds. One hundred to you, sir. Thank you, sir. Any advance on one hundred pounds? No? Once? Twice? Sold to the gentleman at the back. Clark. Take no deposit from that man. I like the look of him. So, next day, your man comes back, pays cash, introduces himself as Dr. Paul Singer. Says he's a London stamp dealer travelling the world. Friendly fella, full of stories, charms the pants off old Jerome and Bish and invites the pair of them out for drinks. Jerome Desmond, many thanks for your hospitality. I must say my acquisition at yesterday's auction is doubly enhanced by your acquaintance. Sloincher. Gentlemen, can I be bold? Can I ask if you make a good living? Well, now, Dr. Singer, we... Uh, Paul, please. Paul, well, I don't know about good. Comfortable. 
You know the way. We might turn, say, 1,500 pounds? In a good month. Is that so? Uh, there is potential, of course. Potential. <laughs> a wonderful word, Jerome. Now, gentlemen, if you will indulge me, what if I was to suggest a modest endeavor? A venture which, if we embark upon it, could make us all very rich indeed. Well, I might just take that with a pinch of salt. Of course, there'd be no risk. What I mean is a small investment with the promise of a good... No, great returns. Gentlemen, what would you say to the idea of a stamp auction? Ah, now, Dr. Singer, we're no stamp experts. No matter. If you will bear with me, I propose that each of us invest a hundred pounds in the purchase of stamps, which I can guarantee will sell for considerably more. Well, the Shanahans are liking the cut of this fella's jib, so they agree. And Singer goes off to London to spend the 300 quid on stamps. Says they can't lose, and he was right. Bring us a couple of weeks later, they've a nice profit. So, now they're in business, and the first thing Singer does is launch a wee magazine to promote it. Emerald Isle Philately. For what? Philately. Stamp collecting. Now, this magazine's as cheap as chips, just a couple of sheets of green paper full of hokey old blather. Now, friends, take a comfortable chair, put your slippers on and take a glass of milk and begin to read. We shall anxiously watch out for a happy smile on your face. Paul, are you absolutely sure about this? My dear Desmond, this is an appeal to our valued clients, the good and plain folk of Ireland. We must make them happy and secure and Talk to them like old friends. Glass of milk. Please listen. <clears throat> Let me say a few personal words about the Irish. This country to me is the most marvelous in the world. As soon as you step ashore, you feel enveloped by the warmth, friendliness and hospitality such as I, who have traveled far, have never met. Life among the Irish is wonderful indeed. That's muck. Ah, but he knew what he was doing. Soon enough, singers selling 10,000 copies a month for a shilling each. Sets up a big office at the town hall. He has the Shanahan staff up half the night posting out magazines to all the dealers and collectors. And every one of them has a form inside it. Paul, would you explain this to me? Ah, the postal bidding form. The very cornerstone of our business, Desmond. Buyers can bid from wherever they are in the world. 12.5% commission on all sales with profits guaranteed. Any money left over to be used for higher bids at future auctions. How do you like that? And this is how we expand. This, my friend, is how we take on the world. Three 
months later, Shanahan's is the third biggest stamp dealer in Ireland. They're getting more mail in the sweepstakes and their investors are getting 25% on their money. So the auctions are packed. Lot 342, a complete collection of 1901 Pan American Exposition stamps. Exquisite! To you, sir, do I hear £30? Postal bid of £45. Exceptional block of 200 ruble Russian stamps dated 19... Are we all done at £95? Sold! Amazing new investment, Dr. Singer takes Ireland by storm. What was that? Senator Kennedy to visit Dublin, sir. Ah, yes, of course. I'll take a times. No doubt about it, your man Singer was in the right place at the right time. Sure he had the whole thing planned out from the start. I don't think so. You see, if you ask me, he just saw his chance and he took it. I see the moon, the moon sees me. Ten capstan, Jim. Here, what about this auction out in Dunleary? Stamps, would you believe? <laughs> I hear people are getting loads of money. What do I know about stamps? Oh, well, they could be selling bananas, Jim. Mrs. Corrigan told old Michael she got a cheque for ten bob last week, and she can have her money back whenever she wants. Ten bob? Marty, what have we in the credit union? <laughs> He'd the meeting out of his hand, didn't he? But he was only getting started. One day, he calls the whole Shanahan staff into his office for a big announcement. What's he at? Is he getting up on that desk? Do you think will it take his weight? <laughs> Friends, I've had a wonderful dream. It is going to set us all on the road to being millionaires. It was so vivid, it woke me up. I call it profit without risk. It is so simple. Our clients will invest 50 pounds for a minimum period of, say, three months. With this money, I will buy stamps cheaply. You will auction them at higher prices, and we will all share the... Anyone? Profit? Yes! Profit without risk! Wait now, what happened there? All right. Say you're a client, you buy stamps. The stamps are auctioned for profit and you get the difference less commission. Fair enough. Well, with this new scheme, instead of a few stamps, you're buying a share in a big collection. It costs more, but you get more when it sells. Very good, carry on. Anyway, the new scheme's a great success. The money starts pouring in. Soon enough, Singer's spending most of his time out of the country, buying big collections as cheap as he can get them. Not that cheap, I'd say. Not cheap. Thousands some of them cost. But you see, he's got massive spending power. And now he's competing with the big old stamp firms in London. They don't know what's hit them. The mouse that roared, what? <laughs> They're thinking, who's this upstart out of Dublin with all the money? But now the business is expanding so fast, it's making Bish's wife, Diana, nervous. She's a qualified bookkeeper, but even she can't figure it out. Desmond, Diana, I trust you are both well? I should say, we've never been busier. The monthly figures are That's just... That's the problem. You're buying stamps faster than we can sell them, Paul. 
And some of these collections are very expensive. Your accounting system is... Ingenious? Baffling. My dear Diana, your mathematical skills are not in question, but these are mundane affairs, surely. We profit, our customers profit. Do you hear complaints? Is our endeavour not a wonderful success? Well, I don't know how you measure success exactly, Paul. I... Tell me, Diana, are you familiar with the concept of syndicates? Syndicates? Betting syndicates? <laughs> Betting! <laughs> oh, my dear! Put the totes and bookie shops from your mind. I've devised a new product. <sighs> really, Paul? Another one? An exceptional one, Diana. Ideally suited to the modest investor. Look here. In exchange for a mere ten pounds, lodged for a minimum of four months, clients will be formed into syndicates with shares in various collections. And these syndicates... Hang on. I'm lost again. All right. Say you're a small investor. You can't afford 50 quid, so you get to put up 10. Seems fair. But you're not buying stamps. I'm not? No. You're only buying shares in the profit from selling big collections. Now, they might sell and they might not sell. So you're not really investing, are you? You're gambling. And tell me, Paul, what if these collections don't sell in full? That's the genius of it. Syndicates will be allocated blind lots drawn from a hat before the auction. They might earn 100% profit. Or nothing. I think, Diana, based on the success of our auctions, that would be most unlikely. She was right, though. It was pure risk. But Singer's scheme went ahead all the same. Thousands joined up. Not experts now. Not rich people. Ordinary folk. Please find enclosed herewith my cheque for £12. Suitably and entered into your next available sale. Total proceeds, that standard commission of 10%. And to the understanding to that should net proceeds be less than my investment, you will be good. Kindly confirm acceptance by return. Yours faithfully. As long as the cash kept coming in, the syndicates got paid. And it did hundreds of thousands a month. But here's the thing. A lot of those payments to the syndicates weren't coming from stamp sales. They weren't? No. They were coming from the money paid in by the syndicates. Oh, like that American geezer back in the 20s. Your man with the coupons. Charles Ponzi, that's right. The whole business was turning into... A Ponzi scheme. Now you have it. Sir, I'm sorry. These totals, they don't quite match. I've added the contents of both ledgers, but... Never mind. Use this ledger. These figures. Uh, but, sir, I... I Use can't... your imagination, dear boy. If you believe the tallies will match, they will match. You see, there was just too much money chasing too few stamps. Singer couldn't find new collections fast enough, and if the syndicates ever asked for their money back, well, the whole house of cards would come crashing down. Here, did you newspaper boys never smell a rat? Well, we knew he was no professional stamp dealer. A couple of months before he came to Ireland, he was working for a bank in London that went bust, on account of him, some say. Is that so? 
I never heard that. Sure, nobody cared. The syndicates were making 15% a year, so there was no story, only gossip. I met him one time, you know. Singer? You don't say. Sir, there's a Mr. Seamus Brady to see you. Remind me? From the Daily Express? Ah, oh, yes. Send him in, please. Mr. Singer, uh, good morning. Ah, the illustrious Mr. Brady. An absolute pleasure. You know, I am a great admirer of your work. May I say how honored I am that you would seek to take an interest in mine. Tea? I'd say you gave him the tour degree, huh? I did not. He talked, I listened. Of course, my, I should say our modest venture, a wonderful opportunity for the ordinary man in the street to really... Sure, he told me nothing I didn't already know. ...by profiting handsomely, at minimal risk, with almost certain and significant gain. The like On and on he went. And then, will you hear this? He offers me a job as his personal public relations manager. Did it pay well? Sure, there was no job. The lads in the office said he made the same offer to half a dozen reporters before me. This is what he was like. The fellow would charm the birds out of the trees, but you couldn't believe a word out of him. Bish, you must know the company is terribly overstretched. And the accounts, I can't make head nor tail of them. The risk... Now, Diana... We've talked about this before. Bish, we could be on the brink of bankruptcy for all you know. It's a labyrinth. These figures are incomprehensible. Now I'm sure Paul can explain. Can he? I'm not sure he can explain anything, Bish. I'm not sure he wants to. Excuse me, the April tallies, Dr Singer. Thank you, James. You can go. Now look, Paul... It's just that people are saying we've... Well, we've gone too far. People? Paul, Diana is worried, and you know that... Mm, Yes. Well, she can't make head nor tail of your system. She says that... It's gibberish, Paul. These figures make no sense that I can see at... Honestly, I am stunned. Stunned! But, Paul, we're trying... Desmond. Diana... Don't you trust me? My dear friends, we must behave as if we were in a marriage, we three. We can never keep secrets from each other. Now look, you have me, you have us wrong. Bish! Diana, please, now, now, I'm sure Paul knows what he's doing and, um, and we're all in this together, aren't we? Partners! Isn't that right? Partners? Partners! And every time it rains, it rains. Panties from heaven. Shoo-be-doo-be! Don't you know each cloud contains panties from heaven? There's two things keeps a marriage together. Love and money. Well, it was money that kept the Shanahans married to Singer. 4,000 a year expenses for Bish. Big fancy house in Glenageary. Maids and nannies. They had a nice life. But it was nothing compared to the life Singer was living. More coffee, sir. Ah, thank you, Darrell. I see Dublin has its first Jewish Lord Mayor. Wonderful. 
Have John bring the car around, would you? Of course, sir. Singer and his wife Irma and their two kids at this 13-acre estate up in Fox Rock, Cairn Hall, a mansion. George Formby used to live in it. When I'm cleaning windows. <laughs> That's the fella. They bought it for cash, filled it up with antiques and artworks. It was a palace. Paul, have you seen Mademoiselle Lavigne? Honestly, the children have spent enough time in their play clothes already. Mademoiselle, où êtes-vous? They had a governess for the children, Singer had his own Spanish butler, and a full-time chauffeur for his limousine. He lived like a king and he ate like a king. Soup and six raw eggs every morning at 11. Five course lunches with a pound of steak tartare, then caviar and black velvet to wash it down. What a horse! No wonder he was the size he was. And the business kept expanding too. 90 staff, so Singer moved them all to a big office in Upper George's Street in Dunleary, all decked out in shades of green. Green is the colour of Ireland, and so it is also our colour. See? Green walls, green curtains. Green typewriter ribbons, green ink in the pens, green china teacups. And here's himself in the middle of it. Sitting behind a desk with a dozen telephones. And wie viel werde ich für die gesamte Kollektion bezahlen? My dear fellow, how are you? Uh, hold on. Oui. Je peux vous offrir 200 000 euros. Privet, moi, stari drug. He'd come back from his buy-in trips and he'd have the whole staff of Shanahan's waiting at the airport for the big show. All hail the conquering hero. And you can be sure the press got tipped off. Too kind. Now, really, I must get on. The papers used to mock him something terrible, but he didn't give a hoot. And then, when the reporters stop turning up, he starts throwing these big fancy parties at the auction house. The millionaire stamp bar. I remember that one. £6,000 he spent on that. Hired the Abbey players, Edmundo Ross, full orchestra. Do you know Jean Sablon? The singer. The French lad. Ah, flew him in from Paris. First class. 600 guests eating frog's legs, caviar and wild goose, big portraits of Singer and the Shanahan staff up on the walls, and himself strutting around like a panjandrum. Marvellous! <laughs> Desmond, won't you join me in a toast? Paul, haven't you had enough? Yes, Paul, I think Irma might be wrong. Nonsense! My dear fellow, a toast to Shanahan's stamp auctions. This... Sputnik of Philately! Then, Sputnik of Philately! <laughs> and now, in the Russian style, hopla! Oh, oh, now, Irma, plenty more where that came from. Champagne! For everyone! More champagne! Losing the run of himself, he was. But you see, it was all publicity. And if everyone was talking about the parties, well, no one was asking, what would you say, awkward questions. Not in public, anyhow. This one time, there was an auditor in doing Shanahan's books. I talked to him myself, swore blind there was a quarter of a million pounds missing from the accounts. Just gone. Hard to miss. Oh, there was more. Mr Singer, there's an inconsistency here. 
More than a little, I think. Only it seems that investors have been paid £600,000 more in dividends than the company made at auction. Master Gorgarty, I have it on the best authority that you are the most talented young accountant in your firm. I have the utmost faith in your calculations. A ledger overlooked, a price list incorrectly recorded, incompetence, Mr. Gogarty, it's all around us. We may be the last two bastions of fiscal rectitude left in this room. (laughs) This is what he was like. If he got backed into a corner, he'd just charm his way out. And then he was gone, off on another buying trip. Good afternoon, Dr. Paul Singer. And where are we travelling today, sir? Brussels. No, excuse me, Amsterdam. (laughs) Belgium was last week. Sometimes even I forget. Amsterdam, sir. Very good. Enjoy your flight. It was all too good to be true. See, the auctions were busy, but the stamps were overvalued and the receipts were being forged. Singer had to keep the business turning over, so he was always looking for bigger and better collections. And he could afford them. At this stage, the investors were paying around, what, five million quid a year into the business? Merciful hour. 1959. And that was the big one. That was the year he got the Burris collection. Now, let me tell you, Bill, this was the Holy Grail. A huge collection owned by this reclusive tobacco magnate called Alfred Burris. He'd refused every dealer in Europe, and then Singer takes it off him for 300,000 quid. A marvellous day for Shanahan stamp auctions. A monumental day. We shall celebrate our fifth anniversary in fine style. What have you planned, Dr Singer? All in good time. You're listening to The Fabulous Dr Singer on Drama on News Talk. I'll tell you what. Singer threw a few fancy parties in his time, but none of them were anything like this. He spent a fortune, hired in Seymour Leslie to plan it. It was going to be the social event of 1959, except the night before the party, the auction house was robbed. This occurred following a break-in at the offices of Shanahan Stamp Auction in Dunleary. Gordy are this morning investigating the circumstances of the break-in. Stamp auction robbed, Irish pressed, read all about it. Here, Jim, you have a few quid in that, don't you? I'll take a press. Three pence, sir. Stamp collection, rumoured to be worth hundreds of thousands. Oh, Jesus. Maureen will have a conniption when she sees this. You'd want to cash in your chips quick. Wouldn't want to be at the back of the queue, what? Do we know what was taken? Yes, Mr. Shanahan. I'm afraid it was the Lombardo Venezia collection. Paul, what was it worth? £350,000. Uninsured, I'm afraid. This is a disaster. We're ruined! Quite the reverse, Desmond. Think of the publicity! What? We'll cancel the party, of course. We're going to Absolutely not! The show must go on!
You're not telling me he went ahead with it. Oh, it was something to see. TDs and Aristos and celebrities all mixing with the Shanahan staff. Like something out of Hollywood. Music and dancing and the champagne flowing like water. And here's singer, Emperor Nero himself, fiddling to beat the band, not a care in the world, absolutely hammered. Madam, have you met my wife? <clears throat> May I say you look ravishing. I really think this lady would rather you didn't. I must say, I find your charms quite impossible to resist. Oh, Dr. Singer. Paul, really? So while all this is going on, the auction rooms are under 24-hour guard. Interpol's being notified and this high-ranking copper from Dublin Castle is all over the case. Detective Superintendent Michael Weems. Right, I want these rooms sealed, all the valuable stuff boxed and marked. Bring me the rest. Next day, the whole stamp collection is locked up in the strong room of a bank and the fraud squad's in Shanahan's going through the books. I'd say your man had a sore head on him from the night before, had he? Oh, yeah, but the cops are crawling all over the place now. So he tries to hijack the press, offers a ten grand reward for leads in the robbery. Of course, it's too late. There's panic and the syndicates are all demanding their money back. And that was that. The jig was up. Paul Singer. Irma Singer, I'm arresting you both on suspicion of conspiracy to defraud. You're not obliged to say anything. Arresting us? But why are they arresting us, Paul? The children! Irma, please. Uh, officer, you are mistaken. Anything you say may be taken down and you... Can I help you, guard? Desmond Shanahan, you're hereby arrested in suspicion. Following a robbery at their premises in Dunleary two weeks ago, the owners of Shanahan stamp auctions were arrested today and taken to Dunleary Gorda Station for questioning. Paul Singer was later removed to the Bridewell, where a crowd had gathered and made moving him by the Gordy. Thank you, my friends. A simple misunderstanding, I assure you. The truth will out. Jerome Shanahan, Desmond Shanahan, released on bail of £1,000 each. Irma Singer, £2,000. Paul Singer, your bail stands at £5,000. Have you the means to provide this amount? I do not, Your Honour. Very well. Remanded in custody pending hearing. That is all. So Singer and his missus get locked up? In Mountjoy. Irma's oilfella bails her out a few days later, but not Singer. He's stuck inside. Paul Singer! Visitor. Irma. My dear Irma. Oh, Paul. It's just awful. Now, my love, don't fret. How are the children? In London with my parents. But what are we going to do? You know I trust you, Paul, but I don't know what to say. The newspapers are printing dreadful things. Newspapers be damned. You must say nothing at all. Except to the children. Tell them their papa is a good man and has done nothing wrong and is the victim of jealous, greedy people. Yes, but Paul... Tell them that papa will make a brave fight of it. This will all be over soon. (laughs) Well, he was wrong about that. Singer was five months in Mountjoy, waiting for the hearing to come up. Started in October of 1959 and went on till Christmas. But he's a qualified barrister, you see, so of course he's in his element. Mr Singer, 
I fear you're spending so much time conversing with your legal team that I am obliged to put you with them on the legal bench. Thank you, Your Honor. That is most helpful. All this evidence starts coming out about the stamp auction and the way Singer's been doing business. Dodgy ledgers, forging receipts and made-up names. Mr. Zombie? Your Honor, this was clearly a fictitious name used for the purposes of creating fraudulent records. Objection, Your Honor. Speculation. I will rephrase. A likely fictitious name. You are Mr. Emil Zing, a describer working for Shanahan Stamp Auctions? Uh, yes, I am. Mr. Zing, can you describe for the court any unusual practices you were instructed to conduct regarding the... Value? In fact, I was told by Dr. Singer to overvalue certain collections. Mr. Tatsopoulos, you are a valuer at Shanahan Stamp Auctions. Can you tell the court what you saw on the night... On that night, I see lights flickering in the window. I think this is strange because the auction rooms is then closed. So after 60 days of this, the Shanahans and the Singers are charged with conspiracy and fraudulent conversion. Old Jerome, well, he gets off because he would nothing to do with it. But the four others are remanded to the next sitting of the circuit court and they're all out on bail, except Singer. They send him back to Mountjoy. Another delivery for you, Singer. Ah, Mr Dunn, Mr Smith. Once again, my sincere apologies for putting you to this trouble. I would assist, but for my back. Here, Singer! Have you a spare copy of the London Times there? You know, he was the only prisoner ever to have two cells. One for himself and another one for all his law books and papers. In there on the left, Mick. Oh, something you can put a stamp on, big man. Jeez, I'd say the girl just gave him a rough time. Not at all. Sure, he was a legend in the place. Starts giving all the cons legal advice for free. Are you going in to see the stamp fella? I am, yeah. He got Hickey's trial moved up, I heard. Jesus, how do you do that? I don't know. Hannibus Carvis, or some crack. Hannibus what? Habeas Corpus, Mr McGrath. Under Section 6 of the Habeas Corpus Act, prisoners must be aligned at the first available sitting of the trial court. But should I've been in this kip five months waiting to see the beak? Frankly, Mr. McGrath, uh, may I call you Jack? Fair enough, yeah. Frankly, Jack, you are being held here unlawfully. Unlawfully? Me? Yes, you. And do you know why? Because the state is dragging its heels preparing the papers and documents of your case. I wish I never dragged me heels running from the palers when I swiped that five bob. That is neither here nor there, Jack. You are held unlawfully on remand. We are like brothers in chains. I am in precisely the same position as yourself. You fetch five bob off a grocer? No, Jack. I simply mean that by the law of this land, I should not be here, and nor should you. Nor should I. He was right, though. Singer was ten months in the joy, and the circuit court had already met twice. So, he turns up in the Supreme Court, demanding his rights. He is hereby to be released from Mountjoy Prison, awaiting trial at the next sitting of the circuit court. That is all. They let him out? They would have. Only the Attorney General was having none of it. 
Superintendent Weems, Mr. O'Keefe is waiting for you. Mr. Attorney General. Superintendent, we have a mess in our hands here, don't we? Yes, sir. He'll be released from Mountjoy tomorrow. This matter will be dealt with and quickly. Sir, the problem... Sir, nothing. The doll is like Dublin Zoo at feeding time. The opposition is demanding a full inquiry. This bloody stamp collector is making fools of us. Look at this. They're calling him the barrack room lawyer, for God's sake. Sir, there's a chance he'll leave the country, but we can't hold him. Thank you, Superintendent. I am well aware. I'm issuing a fresh warrant and I'll be pressing for bail of £20,000. Now, I want him lifted and back inside as soon as he puts his foot outside that prison. Ah, yeah. That was a bit harsh. Well, they couldn't have him beaten the system, could they? Sure, the whole country's watching, and the Attorney General's already made one mistake. He can't make another. So, what he does is, he starts the whole case again. Does he now? Rearrests the whole lot of them. The guards arrive out to Bish and Diana's house. Irma Singer gets lifted in the airport on the way to London to see the kids. A few hours later, there's Diana Shanahan in the dock holding her five-month-old child. Desperate mess altogether. The Shanahan's barrister gets up and rips into the Attorney General. What the Attorney General is doing to Mr and Mrs Shanahan looks like the act of a forensic teddy boy. Unless he takes steps at once to put his house in order, I shall advise my client to do it for him. And it got worse. You see, the Supreme Court's already struck out the committal orders, so now they have to get everyone back in the circuit court and ask them to agree to stand trial. They have to ask them? It's the law. Now, strictly speaking, the accused doesn't have to appear, and they're supposed to be told that. But see, no one's told Singer. You're on My client appears in court today without having been informed that he was not legally obliged to attend. Is this the case? Yes, Your Honour. Very well. Mr. Singer is released. So he got out? Hardly. Poor old Weems is outside the court again, waiting to arrest him. Ah, Superintendent. Duty calls, I suppose. Paul Singer, I hereby arrest you on suspicion. This is real bad press now. Singer's back in Mountjoy with his books and the Attorney General is left having to try Bish Shanahan first. Don't cry, Diana. It'll be all right. Sure hasn't Bish told the guards everything. Oh, Maureen, you don't know how it's been. The phone calls, reporters calling to the door. Oh, don't mind them, Diana. Bish has had to resign all his club memberships. He can't walk down the street without corner boys calling out after him. And now, this trial. Now, you mustn't let it upset you, Diana. You need to be strong for the baby. And for Bish. Oh, that poor man. What a terrible shame. You had to feel sorry for Bish Shanahan right enough. He pleaded guilty. Then he tried to convince the court that he was just a patsy, doing what Singer told him. Judge gave him short shrift. Shanahan Stamp Auctions, a criminal machine, invented and operated by Paul Singer. A machine of which you, nevertheless, were a willing and instrumental part. Desmond Shanahan, it is the judgment of this court that you serve 15 months in prison. Could have been worse. He was out in 11, but that was it for him and Diana. No more Glenagary Mansion, no more maids and nannies. The pair of them emigrated to England. Your man ended up working in a warehouse. 
Well. Here, party. When you're ready there. Come on, Seamus. Let's have the big finale. Right. Well, Singer finally went to trial October 1960. The whole country's hanging on it now. Along with Sean Lamas and the doll in the press. You know he defended himself? What? Was he office broker? Turns up in the criminal court with all these big charts and a pointy stick like a college professor. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, here you see the structure of the double barrel plan, the stop loss investment plan, and here, the 12 months money for nothing plan. Sure, no one knew what he was talking about, but he was fearless. You had to give him that. They brought in dozens of stamp experts to discredit him, and he ran rings round the whole lot of them. What about the robbery? I'd say he set that up himself, did he? Actually, turned out to be the Greek fella, Tatsopoulos, one of Shanahan's valuers. Swiss police picked him up halfway through the trial, and he confessed to the whole thing. Singer dined out on that one, I can tell you. <laughs> what the world has witnessed is the murder of the Sputnik of Philately by a burglary in which it has now been proved I had no part. This was nothing less than a British plot. I thought he was Greek. A dishonorable and dirty trick carried out by the stamp dealers of London, supported by the Fleet Street newspapers. Oh, Singer would have made McLean more proud, so he would, playing the innocent. And here comes the best part. He unveils the real mastermind of the whole affair. A brilliant, formidable woman with a passion for figures. The Queen Bee, in whose attractive but hysterical hands her husband was mere putty. Diana Shannon, the dirty neck on him. Even when she was having her babies, she had an edding machine brought to the maternity hospital. Objection! Your Honor, this is fabrication of the lowest form... You must understand that my role was simply to act in good faith as an agent for the company. Four weeks the trial went on and the jury took an hour to convict him. And that was that. It was not. He appealed. Got the conviction struck out. How in the name of God? Sure, you couldn't make it up. Turns out the foreman of the jury was a Shanahan's investor. If an accused man's enemies can serve on the jury, then the jury system itself is an instrument of oppression. A threat. I cannot stress this enough. A threat to Ireland's freedom. So they kept his passport and they let him go. He even got back the money they took off him when he was arrested. 780 grand all told. God help us. Why'd they keep his passport? Well, he wasn't off the hook, was he? Anyway, they tried him again five months later. (coughs) It was the longest trial in the history of the state. 300 witnesses, two tons of documents, but it was all just window dressing. You see, to put the nail in Singer's coffin, all they needed to do was prove he was paying the syndicates with their own money. Like your man Ponzi? That's it. 
So now the whole trial is hanging on these eight investors' checks. If they could prove Singer used one of them to pay profits, they had him. But what they didn't know... Stop! You're not going to tell me the checks went down a crack in the floor. (laughs) No. What they didn't know was that Shanahan's only ever had one bank account. This whole time, investors' money and the company's own money were mixed together, all passing through this one account. You know what? I think I can see this coming. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, in the matter of whether these sample checks can be proved to have been withdrawn from investor funds, how do you find? Not proven, Your Honour. Very well. Case dismissed. Mr Singer, you are free to leave. Order! Order! Please! Irish press! Singer acquitted! Stamp King walks free! They say Singer shaved off his beard and took the ferry to Hollyhead with Irma the same day. Never set foot in Ireland again. Oh, there were fingers pointed for a while right enough. Deputy William Norton. I would like to ask Minister Hawhey whether the recent decision of the courts in the Singer case means the complete acquittal of Mr Singer and, if not, whether any further charges are to be pressed against him. Mr Singer has been acquitted of all charges brought against him. The legal machine has done this gentleman proudly. It could not happen in a banana republic. A national disgrace, they called it. But you know what it really was? A bloody embarrassment. All that money gone and nothing to show for it. Sure, the whole country was mortified. That's why you don't hear much about it these days. How much did he get in the end? Singer? A million? Two? Maybe more? He could have had bank accounts all over Europe. Nobody knows because he was gone like a puff of smoke. Like a puff of smoke? Jesus, fair play to him. So me are. You'd wonder how it would have turned out, though, if things had been different. How's that? Well, I mean, no investor ever lost a penny while his firm was solvent. So? Well, so say the robbery never happened and the whole house of cards never came down on him. Don't you think we'd be here talking about Paul Singer, the great businessman? Paul Singer, the, the stamp king that made us all rich? Ah, no shame, it's your dream. Am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. It was a dream so vivid, it woke me up. A wonderful dream. It's going to set us all on the road to being millionaires. Give him the word that I'm not a rover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. The Fabulous Dr. Singer was written and directed by Neil Murphy, produced by Kean McCorhig, sound supervisor was Steve McGrath, and executive producer was Kuan McAneil. Steve first starred as Dr. Paul Singer, Colin Murphy as Seamus Brady, and Phelan Drew as Bill. The project was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. <laughs>